Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Right Nowish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Today's guest, Dr. Damon Francis. He's a licensed physician who splits his time between being the director of homeless services for the Alameda Health System and being the chief clinical officer with Health Leads, a national medical innovation hub. He really does this doctor thing. And as an African-American physician, working in a field where black folks only make up 5%, Dr. Damon takes his work seriously especially when it comes to health statistics. One of the really unfortunate things about the homeless crisis is it really heavily disproportionately affects Black people. Here in Alameda County, I think we're about 10 or 11% of the population and we're about 50% of the people experiencing homelessness. And in this time, when deaths from COVID are disproportionately high for African-Americans and fresh on our minds are uprisings in response to instances of police brutality, I figured right now would be a great time to talk to Dr. Damon about his work and more. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com slash parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. So is there any way that you foresaw that you'd be a doctor doing this work that you're doing in the midst of the biggest pandemic of our lifetime so far? I definitely didn't foresee this in particular. I will say I started out in homelessness working in healthcare for the homeless in Alameda County Public Health Department. Among the things that we did train for and talk about and think about were like pandemic preparedness. When I started uh, interning with the Public Health Department was right after 9-11. In medical school, there was all this like bioterrorism funding and emergency response and sort of thinking around that. And that was probably the last time in my life that like conversations that, you know, we're having now in the coronavirus were were really prominent. But oh, wow. So you really got your feet wet around like anthrax scare time and all of that, right? Anthrax scare time. Exactly. I was finishing residency around the time of the H1N1, thinking about malaria, thinking about HIV and thinking about how all of these diseases have emerged. And really the only one we've ever contained is smallpox. And so the honest prediction is like, these things are going to keep coming. They're going to keep affecting us as human beings. We have to be prepared for them. And even still, probably as as much as any person in our society, you know, that's not like in the middle of doing this work every day could be like prepared for this. I was probably prepared for this and I'm still like taken completely off guard. Do you have any words of wisdom that people still gather? You know, I know it's real popular to still hang out by the lake and stuff like that. 
one of the things we've learned a lot, I do HIV medicine, is like not to demonize like core human behaviors. We want all of our patients having an excellent sex life, you know, like that's just like core to what we do in HIV medicine. And then, and then we talk about, okay, how do we do it healthy? Right. And so I think gathering is the same thing. Like I'm not going to demonize gathering, like people need each other. And, you know, that's just going to always be true of human beings. I think doing it outside is particularly helpful. You know, we're seeing that even that six feet of social distance that's recommended if you're inside, depending on air flows, the virus may travel 15, 20, 30 feet even. So if you're outside, you're socially distanced six feet and you're wearing a mask, you know, and then you're limiting the number of people that you gather with. You don't want to gather in big crowds. You don't want to gather with different groups of people all the time and be the person who's like typhoid Mary spreading it from one group to another group or anything like that. You want to make sure they're also doing the right things to protect themselves. But we're only seeing right now, right? Like, I imagine that there's going to be long-term effects from this. Like, I know personally, I've been drinking a lot more. And I just keep joking with myself, like, 20 years from now, there's going to be a knock at my door. And this is going to be my liver being like, hey, you remember 2020? Yeah, run that. Like, you you messed me up, bro. So, like, the long-term of impact of what's going on, what do you what do you foresee? Man, there's this great article that uh, this listserv I'm on with, like, people who do global health work. Someone sent it out. It's written by an Alaskan native, I think in the 60s. He became an alcoholic and he lost his son in his mind in relationship to his alcoholism. He wrote this lengthy essay that just breaks down the complete destruction of his culture by a flu epidemic. And then he traces his own personal life and what's happened with epidemics of alcoholism in his own community back in this really, really just profound way. And I think you're absolutely right to talk about these effects, not even just over the course of 20 years of a single lifetime, but I think we're going to be asking ourselves these same questions about intergenerational dynamics. What's happened to Black culture as a result of what happened in the coronavirus? And I think some of those effects may be positive, some of those effects may be negative, but you know, I think as you're pointing out, we don't necessarily know yet, we just know there are going to be some effects. This has been a a weird time period where like, I've always, you know, always had that in my back to like question politicians and why they give certain messages. But you as a medical expert, do you like watch the news and get like, I don't know, do you have like a knee jerk reaction? You're like, oh, that's. Absolutely. I mean, when people are talking about, you know, ultraviolet light and injecting, you know, cleaning substances into the body and stuff like that and who have, you know, prominent national roles. As, a, as, you know, as someone who's responsibly trying to help people as much as possible with information, you know, to make their own health decisions, absolutely, and to collectively make health decisions. Like, that's one of the things about this virus is we have to collectively make decisions, too, so we got to trust each other on the decisions we're making. Does it weigh on you? I mean, I imagine, you know, you have the knowledge, you do the, the frontline work, and then I imagine it has to have some type of weight on your shoulders as well. You know what? It it hasn't been a new weight from coronavirus, honestly. I mean, this disproportionate deaths among black people, among people of, you know, low social status around the world, no matter where you are, you know, if it's the Maoris in in New, New Zealand, you know, it's the same story that we have as black people here. You know, some of the solutions are obvious, right? Like we just need to we need to equitably give people the resources you need to be healthy. My frustration with like the reality of us creating a society that's so far away from that, 
I've lived with that frustration for so long that not a lot feels new in the coronavirus epidemic to me around that. And if anything, the, the more the feeling I have more on a day to day basis is like, woo, finally, other people are waking up to this, like, and we're about to do something about it. You know what I mean? Damn. Do you feel like that coupled with the recent uprisings uh, in regards to police brutality and holding racists accountable and questioning uh, racist systems, do you feel like it's all kind of culminating? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think there have been times just lately where I just feel caught up in the whole swirl of it. And like, it is all this chance to like, really re-examine, like, what is the society about? How are we supposed to care for each other? How are we supposed to tend to each other's wounds? Um, how are we supposed to keep each other safe? I mean, these these sort of core concepts, they apply to like everything we're seeing, whether it's the police violence, essential workers and how they're being treated, or whether it's the virus itself and what it's doing. Thank you for your time and for your work, Dr. Damon. To keep up with him, you can find more information at kqed.org slash right nowish. Oh, and while you're there, you can also find our new story ideas submission form. We'd love to hear about folks in your community who are doing work that deserves some shine. One time for the home team. Right now is producer Ashley Ann Krigbaum, editor Jessica Plachik, the higher-ups at KQED, Erica Aguilar, Holly Kernan, and David Marcus. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Y'all be well. Peace. Right Now-ish is published by KQED. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts.